Hello, everybody out there in uh, What the Frack land, all of our million and one listeners. Good to be back with you. As you can tell, I am not Steve Tate. My name is Gene Hunt. I'm Senior VP of Sales here at BNL Pipe Co., and I've got Mr. Wayne Cox. Say hello, hello Wayne. Hello there, Gino. <laughs> How you doing, man? Doing fine. Got a great guest coming up with us uh, this week, and we are certainly looking forward to this podcast. You bet. I'm really looking forward to it, and uh, since we're talking about her, we might as well introduce her. Well, there you go. <laughs> Susan Murphy is the publisher and editor-in-chief of the OCTG Situation Report, a leading authority focused on the North American oil country tubular goods market. And as you can tell, I read that. And I think most <laughs> of our listeners are going to know who Susan is and, and know her product very well. Susan, welcome. How are you doing? Well, thank you very much. I am coming to you live from the OCTG Situation Room. <laughs> All right. That's a great place to be. Well, kind of a good place to be these days. <laughs> Not Susan, bad. We, so- it, it gives me a good overview. <laughs> We subscribe to your uh, publication, and we, you know, wherever the uh, information that you provide to us on a monthly basis, we look at you as one of the uh, key analysts in the market today, and uh, we're happy to have you on board. Well, super. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Super. Well, Susan, perhaps you could uh, give us a little bit of information about the second half of this year, maybe kicking in. talking about where you think the market's going to go. I think we have a few questions for you, but maybe you could just start off with that. Perfect. Sounds great. Well, our theme for June uh, is rolling with the punches, which seemed very appropriate considering the collective sentiment in the oil patch at about the mid-year mark. Uh, June, so you know, is the month we host our mid-year market calls, where we ask folks throughout the supply chain for their thoughts on the outlook for OCTG or what they see transpiring in the second half of the year, the good, the bad, and the ugly, as we say. (laughs) And uh, I told Steve when we spoke at that time, it seemed like I was looking for good news in all the wrong places. (laughs) So Sounds like a song. Uh, you know, and you know, it's funny, it's kind of the oil patch uh, in or OCGG in general it does seem like it ties into songs, unfortunately, often they're country, so they may be a little less optimistic, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> in any case, um, if we go back to May, let's start with May and then move forward. How about that? If we start That's with good. May, yeah, uh, just as we were going to impress, uh, going to press as Murphy's Law would have it. We started with uh, weaker than expected South Korean uh, anti-dumping penalties. We had the elimination of the 25% steel tariffs on Canada and Mexico. And then on top of that, we had the reduction of the punitive tariffs on Turkish steel imports from 50% to 25%. So in other words, at the end of May, we basically had the potential, a setup for the potential for overcapacity. Then, as we moved toward June and we started with our calls, we kicked off with a crude price inflection that sent the price per barrel into the bear market territory, which is pretty unnerving considering budgets were mostly based on oil price between $50 and $55 a barrel. And I think what, as our calls started to unfold, and I got the sense that people were hitting the brakes, Um, It was more about the operator story, not so much about the supply story. 
As such, the operator story has always kind of been over the last couple of years, you know, that it's going to be uh, capital discipline, uh, greater capital, uh, you know, deployment. So I think what that is usually been met with a nod and a wink. And this year, it has remained static since the beginning of the year. Uh, it hasn't unfolded like it has in other years. So I think a lot of people were kind of caught off guard by that, especially when they saw the uh, better oil prices throughout the course of the first six months. It almost lent them some uh, false hope to the supply side who believed it would incentivize operators to loosen the purse strings. And then here we come into June and that wasn't so much happening. I think that coupled with concerns over budget exhaust, uh, exhaustion kind of concerned a few people and they saw the market as more or less challenging at that point. So that kind of brings us up to where we are now. Correct. And I think you're exactly right. I, I think in the past, the uh, drill to cash flow and all those terms that we heard, you're, you're right. It was like wink, wink, because uh, yes. they just kept right on blowing through their budgets and, and going full speed ahead. This year, I think there there's a lot of discipline uh, from our customers anyway that really we haven't seen in the past. Right. More so than we've ever seen, like you said, in the past. Definitely. There's no question about that. So, uh, Susan, going forward, uh, looking at the second half of this year, like you said, coming into June, uh, what are you seeing on the horizon as far as supply or what are you seeing on the horizon as far as uh, even pricing uh, in the OCTG markets? Well, let's look at both of those. Uh, I think that overcapacity is giving pause to many market participants. Um, basically, in a nutshell, we see unlimited supply chasing limited demand. That isn't to say it's poor demand. It really isn't. It's just limited. It hasn't fallen off a cliff, but it's not going through the roof. <laughs> so it's kind of where we are with that. And so I think that as we go forward, there'll be a couple of things. Um, I think as the imports drop off, and I anticipate that they will for the next six months, I think that we'll see some thinning inventories. That will help stabilize some things, uh, months of supply, uh, inventory balance, all of that. Um, I had a lot of people that I was speaking with, and I would say that there was kind of um, about 30% had hoped to see an uptick in pricing in the fourth quarter. I'm not so sure about that. My sense is that at best we might see some stabilizing due to the drop-off in imports, uh, and that may drive some domestic market share. But there are no real catalysts on the horizon at this moment that we see that could drive prices higher. Uh, and if you think about it, too, going into the fourth quarter, whereas, which is where some people were hoping that they might see a little bump, our thinking is more you've got ad valorem taxes uh, and the desire to offload inventories, often at bargain basement prices. And so yeah. these all these uh, things all weigh on pricing. So I don't really have the sense that pricing will go anywhere other than slightly down and maybe flatten out by the year end. And then we'll see what happens for 2020. But that's kind of what we see for the next six months anyway. Yeah, we watch we watch a lot of the uh, uh, like the uh, hot road market and sprout right. prices and try to uh, see if there's trends there that uh, equate to OCTG pricing right now. And of course, 
hot real coil is is even dipped. I mean, it stabilized Ooh. the last week, but it's 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 lo it's lower than it's been in a long, long time. Five hundred and twenty-five dollars. In fact, um, you know, sources cite some of the cha same challenges we're seeing in OCTG over capacity, and in the case of hot roll coil, weakened demand. It's been suggested that it will rebound once it uh, drops to about five hundred dollars a ton before it climbs again. Now we're pretty close to that mark right now. So we shall see. Uh, I have heard it that it was forecast for about $720 per short done uh, per short ton in early 2020. That seems a bit optimistic, maybe a little bit more uh, bullish than we're seeing right now based on where we are. Um, I mean, that's only six months away. But uh, at the moment, yes, that doesn't really lend itself to any strength in OCTG pricing. And scrap is also kind of being beaten up as well. Right. Yeah, I knew uh, we watch a little bit of the iron ore prices. Iron ore's up, but, uh, you know, the scrap prices are down, The uh, equating to hot roll coal prices being down. So uh, we've seen U.S. still take a couple of their furnaces down or announce that they're going to take a, a couple of their blast furnaces down. And I think unless we get some capacity out of the hot roll market, you're just not going to see those prices jump up uh, into those categories that people were predicting. Absolutely. I agree with you. Mm -hmm, definitely. Yeah. Uh, what about looking into the first quarter of 2020? What do you see on the horizon there, Susan? Well, Ashley, if you uh, think about 2020, we're hoping the future will be bright. <laughs> so uh, with <laughs> let's that, hope. Yes, exactly. We all are, I think. I think there is a lot of optimism going into 2020. Um, and I think that a good portion of that is uh, has good reason for being. I mean, you're looking at new pipeline capacity in the Permian, uh, new crackers and greater processing, which leads to exports. These are all growth indicators. And, you know, the other thing is, is that basically the story for the rig count is probably, you know, stagnation from here through the end of the year. Um, there may be a little bit of, uh, you know, there's always some up and down movement, and that could even be increased by the fact of the geopol geopolitical uh, issues that we're dealing with right now. But, um, you know, even with that, basically drilling in 2020 can only improve as operators back down on production this year. So uh, oil supplies are bound to flatten out, and that would lead to more demand in the long run. Um, you know, 2019 oil production growth is on track to fall well short of last year's banner growth rate. So, you know, going forward, that looks like there's some optimism and reason for bullishness going into 2020. And then all of that, you know, coming down to OCTG, uh, there is some consolidation on the market right now. Uh, some interesting things that we don't have uh, absolute concrete uh, finality to, but we are moving toward that. So both with mills and with distributors. And so I think that with that, folks get better at managing and essentially reducing inventories. Uh, and that all ultimately leads to the need for more OCTG in 2020. So I feel at this moment, now ask me six months from now, but uh, I would say pretty uh, bullish going into 2020 and not to the tune of a great increase. I'm thinking at this moment, perhaps, um, you know, uh, CapEx may be up 5% overall. 
where we sit at this moment. So that should play into consumption overall for next year as well. So we'll look at all these factors again in November when we produce our uh, forecast, 20, uh, 2020 forecast report. And uh, we'll kind of look at that then. And hopefully what we see now or what we're sensing now will have even more strength going into the new year. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're certainly rolling with the punches for the rest of this year, and we just hope <laughs> nobody sucker punches us <laughs> with something that we're not aware happened, of. <laughs> well said. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, you know, it was funny because rolling with the punches uh, definitely kind of covered the overall sentiment of the oil patch uh, and said it so perfectly. I don't think I could have improved on that any, but uh, yes, hopefully with everything coming, uh, you know, I think it's going to be slow moving. I think all of us are going to, you know, we're heading into the hot August uh, months and, and kind of that. And I think it'll be a little tepid. So I think a little bit, there'll be a little bit of anxiety going into Q4, but I think as if we can kind of keep an open mind, what we can see beyond that and uh, look to 2020 for some improvements across the board. Well, that's awesome. I, I looking forward to 2020. I uh, hope Already. it gets here quick. <laughs> I don't want yes, to wish exactly. my life away, but ready for it to get here because we are definitely rolling with the punches here at BNL Pipeco. That's for sure. Right. <laughs> well, Susan, we, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, as always, the inside is wonderful. And um, hopefully this one, uh, we're not sliding the, um, the time scale down like we have. I know we started this year, you know, looking, thinking that the fourth quarter was going to be the rebound quarter and we keep pushing it back quarter at a time and hopefully uh, 2020 we catch up to what we thought was going to be a good fourth quarter of this year. And yeah, we I really appreciate you and, and your, uh, your report too. It's Thank always you, a pleasure talking to you, Susan. We always look forward to your insight and you always have an open door to come into our office down here at, uh, in Houston. Well, you know that, that I will take that up because that's always a lot of fun. Well, we try to have fun even when we're rolling with the punches. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you have to do in this business. <laughs> Kayla? Kayla's with us. Hi, I am, Kayla. I'm joining. Hello, uh, Kayla. I just want to say thank you as well, Susan. Um, and if anyone has not subscribed to the OCD, OCTG situation report, please do because it is one of the best that yeah, we, we got to get a plug in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's one of the best that we deal with. And she's an open book. So you can give her a call if you have any questions. And it's, it's just wonderful. So besides that, I also wanted to let everyone know that you can email marketing at blpipegoat.com if you have any questions and please subscribe. There you go. Well, Susan, thank you very much. And uh, from the whole crew here at What the Frack, uh, <laughs> we look forward to seeing you real soon. Thank you very much. Thank you all for having me. Really appreciate it. Take care now.